Welcome again to the Pastor and People podcast. This is your host, Isaac Adams, and I am sitting here with the Beatty Anya Buile, and we are here to discuss just that, pastors and people, mm-hmm. right, and helping them uh, work together for a mutual joy that they might stand firm in the faith. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're here. This is the work we're about. So let's just jump into it, T. Last time we were talking about uh, discipleship. That was the episode prior to this one. Uh, we were talking about how a shepherd makes disciples, expectations that people should have of their shepherds. And we discovered with those guardrails that were helpful that scripture gives us, uh, we discovered that we often go over those guardrails, right? Mm -hmm. That's no surprise. We Mm -hmm. often make mistakes in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are some of those common mistakes you see shepherd? Let's start with the shepherds. What are some common mistakes you see shepherds making in their discipleship? Mm -hmm. Well, Isaac, if I can say something in general first, um, I, I'm excited to sort of address this topic because, um, let's face it, Christians sin against each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we continue to be fallen people. We're redeemed, but we're still fallen. And that fallenness manifests itself uh, sometimes in discipleship relationships or what are meant to be discipleship relationships. And when people we love and are trying to grow close to hurt us, we often pull back and pull out, Right. Uh, and sometimes that's for good reason. Sometimes that's for not so good reason. Sometimes we get over that pretty quickly. Sometimes it lingers for a long time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're addressing this notion of um, things not to do in, in disciple making. Sin. And uh, yeah, oftentimes, oftentimes it's not always sin, but oftentimes it is. And uh, I hope this is helpful to people. No, I think yeah. it. I think it will be, man, because that is the reality. We are all falling short, and Amen. we fall short Amen. of the glory of God. Uh, but to His glory, He still holds on to us and helps us and knits us in those relationships. Better to us than our sins deserve. Amen. 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 But for grace. Amen. Um, so then, so let's talk about some of the some of those sins, whether accidental um, sure. or on purpose. Well, maybe one of the things to do is just root this in Scripture and uh, take some cues from the Scripture itself. And I'm thinking. Uh, of two passages in particular, 1 Peter 5 and 1 Timothy 5. Uh, And in 1 Peter 5, um, Peter has this wonderful way of charging the elders to take charge of the flock that's been entrusted to them. And he does it by giving sort of two sides of the coin, right? He contrasts what they should do with what they shouldn't do, right? So the first thing he says is, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Um, you know, we can come to this task of making disciples and shepherding God's people uh, with a grudging spirit, right? We can come digging our heels in and you see skid marks for, you know, five miles. We've been trying to drag this guy to do this necessary shepherding. Um, but I, that last little phrase there, as God wants you to. God wants us to be willing about this as shepherds. Um, and the unwillingness, particularly in a pastor's heart, is, is sinful. Um, and, and sometimes guys will uh, spend time with other people, but only grudgingly, only reluctantly. Um, and that tends to work out to be then only half-heartedly mm-hmm. um, and um, not the best instruction and example. Um, so I, you know, I think among busy pastors or pastors with many demands uh, on them, um, you know, this can feel like added pressure and discipling difficult people 
let's let's face it, that could be like the least desirable thing to do in the world. Um, but remember what God wants of us. He wants us to do this willingly, not under compulsion, not because we're forced and because we must, but because we want to. And so to to pray for the want to and to work for the want to uh, is sometimes necessary. Um, the withdrawal and the grudging, um, the stinginess of heart with our time and our lives, that, that can be a sinful thing. And let me just ask you straight up, T, with this begrudging spirit, do you think some pastors basically deflect into then just hanging out with the usual suspects? That's the danger, right? The danger is you, you the develop. The people I like. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You just spread yourself around to people like you. And uh, as one theologian put it, that may be a little more than self-love spread over a wider area. Um, but you, Peter starts here by saying, shepherd really the entire flock that is among you. And that means if you're in a church of any diversity, unless you're, so, so if you're in a church and everybody's like you as the pastor, uh, you're in a cult of personality, right? Uh, you, you have essentially uh, drugged the people with personality for however long you've been there. Uh, and everybody's mimicking you. That's not discipleship. That's not what's what's being advocated here. Um, but if you're in a church of any diversity whatsoever, then I think that needs to be part of your grid. Am I spending time with different types of people in the congregation? And am I doing that happily? Or am I sort of retreating to my clique um, and then justifying that by saying, I can't get around to everybody. I got too much. There are too many people. And so... Yeah. So then let's take it over to the people then. Okay. Let me, let me, let, can we speak yeah. oh, yeah. just a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah. not the only thing that Peter says there, right? <laughs> so pastors don't only sin in one way. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly uh, right. Uh, not, not this one. <laughs> uh, but, but then he says something else in verse 9. He, yeah. he wants yeah. us to shepherd the flock of God, not for shameful gain, mm. but eagerly. And again, in a pastor's heart, man, uh, if we're honest, that there can be the temptation to spend time with people because we get something out of it, right? And that's something out of it can be a good thing. We feel encouraged, and so we'll spend time with them. You know, we 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 feel applauded and supported, and so we'll spend time with that person. But then you look at them and say, this other person who's critical, right? Uh, who, who's a little mean-spirited, who isn't really appreciative of everything about your ministry, and they told you, you know? <laughs> Um, they you, keep telling. They keep telling you. And they, they'll start telling other people. <laughs> you know, I want to suggest to you that actually those are the persons, in some cases, that you really need to spend the most time with. Um, and uh, you want to do that lovingly and gently, um, not because you're gaining something from it, um, but because you're giving something to it mm. in that way. Mm. Yeah. And then Peter goes on. He gives, he gives us another one here. He says, not domineering over those in your charge but being examples to the flock, mm. you know, that we, that we are getting to example setting uh, as, a, as a way of instructing the people. But that warning, the sinful part of that is domineering over the flock. So, you know, I know what we mean when we say this, but we talk about that's so-and-so's church. Oh, that's pastor so-and-so's church. And uh, that's as innocent as anything most of the time. But sometimes there are guys who act like this is my church, you know, and uh, there are even guys who have sort of set up the church in terms of its incorporation and its governance structure, like a corporation that that they kind of own. And um, and uh, a real autocratic leader is a domineering leader. 
And, uh, and you can approach discipleship like that, where you say to people, do this because I said so, or do this because this is how I want it done, live this way. And you begin to lord it over people's faith. Uh, that's not discipleship. Right. That, that's, that, that's tyranny. That's exactly what that domineering was making me think of Paul back in back where we started, uh, of lording it over people's faith. Second Corinthians right. one twenty four. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing how that connects and how dangerous that domineering dangerous. discipleship can be. Uh, because I think a lot of brothers are saying, "Be imitators of me." Mm. Not so as far. Not, Full stop. Right? Just be Full imitators stop. of me, That's not it. so much as I am in Christ. That's it. Well, and, and you know that then this will sort of maybe segue over to people, um, but it's strange. But there are congregations that respond to being beaten by the shepherd. You know that as a type of person, they're types of persons who, when they are really abused, um, they misinterpret that as leadership. They misinterpret that as strength. Uh, they make room for that as um, permissible in, in a leader of this sort of that sort. Uh, they justify it by saying that the people are rebellious or, or, or the people won't listen. You know, um, you have to really be careful, even as a congregation, as a membership, as sheep, um, that you don't sort of respond to this domineering attitude as if it's ever justifiable. There are times where as pastors, we rebuke our people, but we don't put them under our thumb. You know, we don't put our heel on their neck uh, and, and dictate to them, uh, except where the scriptures speak plainly about how we live as Christians. So in that regard, then there's responsibility on both sides, mm -hmm. the pastor side mm -hmm. and also the people side. Mm -hmm. right? We see, I mean, Galatians 1 is even an example where Paul rebukes the church primarily. In that instance, it's for heresy, but mm -hmm. for allowing heresy. But he's making clear you all have a responsibility here for this pastor, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. this shepherd among you, or well lack said. thereof. Well said. Well said. Yeah. So then any other, any other mistakes people often make? From the people side, I know we talked about dependency, mm -hmm. but any other any other common mistakes you see? Yeah, so there, there is dependency. Right. Um, there is also perfectionism, um, where people in the congregation expect from their pastors kind of no blemishes, no no faults, no no weaknesses, uh, and they become the domineering people. They they become the folks who hold a pastor under their thumb and are wounding and crushing. Uh, of pastors, um, and so they're, they're they're prickly as porcupines. You can't you can't hug them. You can't get near to them. Uh, those folks are a danger to the discipleship culture um, in a church. You know the other thing that that sheep sometimes do is they get uh, not only dependent and domineering, uh, but they also can be quite private, right? So that they they're unwilling to open their lives to the pastors for instruction and encouragement and, and maybe admonishment. Um, so instead, people sort of wall off, put on fronts and airs. Um, they get kind of religious. We, we sort of, you know, get the church clap going and all that good stuff. But but our lives aren't really real with, with one another. Um, that's a mistake, too. That, that kind of double life, whether it's as radical as being two different people, um, depending on when, when you're caught, or as, as kind of simple and commonplace as, well, this is my personal business and, and, and I don't want anybody in this. 
Uh, that's dangerous to the person, and it and it it disrupts a discipleship culture. Um, you know, one other thing that that I think people do mistakes that people make, uh, the sheep make when it comes to a discipleship culture, is they can begin to think of it again in terms of clicks, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of who's the in crowd, who's not, and running with circles. Um, and when those clicks happen, those are just the early fault lines for for earthquakes in the church. Those are just the early cracks in the foundation for things like splits and uh, hard feelings and the like. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good, T. And I think uh, just talking about these mistakes, I think it's clear then why Paul says in Thessalonians, why he says, I trust the Spirit of God in you. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't just say, I trust the person. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. we clearly, <laughs> we clearly while, we're, while we're trustworthy, we're not in some mm-hmm. sense. right? Mm-hmm. We make these mistakes over and over again. Yeah. And, and so can I give you just sort of on that note, just to, to sort of define one other mistake that people make, uh, and this is perhaps one of the more common. Um, there are many Christians who act as if they have nothing to learn. They're not teachable. Um, they've heard a few things over their many years in church, and they're comfortable with those few things. And uh, they don't want to be stretched. They don't want to be challenged. And the routine of church fits in their life where they want it. Right. Um, and and that's, that's about it. And so um, there are churches that kind of think, well, if the pastor and the leaders don't really matter. We can plug and play with the pastors because this is how we do it. Um, and that kind of attitude, unteachable attitude, or a highly traditional attitude where the traditions of men are making the word of God of, of no effect, um, those things too really distort and, and hinder the development of a, a healthy discipleship culture. Amen. One way I already put T that rocked me was uh, a lot of young guys assume they are what they know. Oh man, yeah. So, oh, that's good. So even if you've been taught good stuff, mm, that's and good. You, you assume, yeah, I've been taught that, therefore I am that, as if I've walked those miles. That's so good. When in reality, I have it. I need, I need brothers that's, discipling me that's so because good. I am not just what I know. Amen. And, and in fact, when you look at your life, it proves you don't know that much. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the things you think you know, you, you don't know all that well. And, and, and that's, you know, this, this. That can develop in any theological camp, right. but we, we sort of run in reform circles, and, and you just got to be honest, there, there seem to be um, a, a good number of young young guys who regard themselves as reformed and Calvinist and as solid doctrinally, they care about truth, um, and they don't know how to love nobody. Amen. They don't know how to love anybody. They don't, they don't know how to teach others. They don't, they don't know how to be teachable. Um, and, and those guys, man, just, you know, they, they ruin the reputation of the truth, uh, in, in, in far too many instances, uh, and they bruise and wound and batter people, uh, in, in far too many instances. And so that's a, that's a good admonishment, Isaac. We, we, many of us are not yet what we, what we think we know. What we think we know is not who we are. Well, T, let's cut it there for now um, because we've talked about the guardrails. We've talked about the mistakes we've made. But positively, let's just talk about the basics the next time, the basic plan mm. for discipleship, mm. right? The Bible mm. doesn't just warn. Mm. It instructs and positively for our joy, right? Mm. So next time, 
of folks on Pastoring People will talk about a basic plan then for discipleship, um, for your joy, for the glory of our Lord. We'll see you next time. Amen.